listen. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Alan, how you doing today, my brother? Feeling good, feeling good. Birds and the Bees by Schoolboy Q featuring Kendrick Lamar. Alan, what did you think of my pick this week? I really loved it. New track for me. I've, I know a couple of Schoolboy Q tracks and they're, they're real bangers. Like I've got a lot of time for them. Straight off the bat, I thought the beat was nice. It's a really nice instrumental. It's just kind of that... No, like looping feel to it that, that kind of is vibey. And I don't, I don't think I realized when I first listened to it that Kendrick was on it. I don't know if it was written on, on the Spotify like title. So he just came in as like a really nice surprise. I was like, ah, oh, you can't, you know, you're always happy to hear Kendrick's voice on the track. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It's similar to you. A lot of time for Schoolboy Q. Got a lot of bangers. And he's got a very, he's got a very unique style in my opinion. And I'll get to it when we, uh, when we get through the bars always sick when Kendrick features on something for me because I think I first time I heard this track I got this similar thing to you where I wasn't expecting him so when you hear Kendrick kick in it just sort of jolts you up and you go hey man this is fire what's he doing on here and stuff very somber type of tune as well it's a very reflective very inflective type of tune so there's that kind of it's just a, a very blues jazzy feeling on the instrumental and then when you listen to him rap, it's just, it, it, it had me a little bit in a reflective mood and it made me, one, it was on the list, but two, it made me want to pick it this week and I can't wait to get started. So who's up first? You're up. Straight to the block, to the hood, to a spot, cocaine to a rock, deuce deuce in a sock, every dollar closer to a drop, every drop is closer to a cop, every cop is closer to a cell. Hit the cell, your ticket right to hell. No job, no bail. No fam, no mail. Institution, another N-word fail. Straight to the block, to the hood, to a spot. Cocaine, to a rock. Deuce, deuce, in a sock. Every dollar closer to a drop. Every drop is closer to a cop. Every cop is closer to a cell. Hit the cell, your ticket right to hell. No job, no bail. No fam, no mail. New statistics, another nigga fail. Was that the whole verse you just did there? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to apologise in advance because there's a lot more of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've definitely got some snaps in there. <laughs> so two things. First, what an incredible way to describe the cyclical and institutional issues of growing up in deprived ghettos in the hood, right? I just think it's it's just so concise. And in my opinion, what is so clever is that apart from the first line, every line thereafter is metaphorical in its nature and stacks upon the other. Cocaine to a rock, reference to making crack cocaine. I didn't know this, Alan. Cocaine is produced by dissolving powdered cocaine in a mixture of water and baking soda. 
The mixture is boiled until it's a solid substance, which is then removed, dried, and then broken into smaller, quotation, rocks. Uh, I didn't know they make crack like that. But also cocaine to a rock could also be perceived as being stuck between a rock and a hard place. What do people get like when they're stuck between a rock and a hard place? They get frustrated. They might get desperate, which could lead you to needing a deuce deuce in a sock. So it's, it's the fact that, hey, you know, drugs leads to guns. Guns leads to what happens? Every dollar closer to a drop. The more that you make, the more you can buy to make more money. However, every drop is closer to a cop. The more drops that you make, the more likely you are going to get busted and arrested. Hit the cell, your ticket right to hell. Once you hit jail, in some ways it's over because no job, no bail, no fam, no mail, institution another than N-word fail. The institutional cycle of suffering could not be more concisely described than how Schoolboy Q has broken it down right now and I think it's unbelievable in that verse I know I had to highlight the whole verse but I had to highlight the whole verse because it's done so well it's just incredible and then the second thing I wanted to state was when you read this passage Alan doesn't it mimic season one and three of the wire the drops by Brody and crew bubbles and the fact that Avon once Avon hit jail it kind of was done for him even when he came out his tendency was to behave in ways that was going to lead him back into jail. So he wanted to get into a war with Marlowe rather than follow Stringer Bell. And basically, make like he could have gone with Stringer Bell and basically made the same amount of money, if not more, and be quote-unquote clean. However, remember when, when McNulty says, I think Stringer's going to go bank. He's going to go become a bank. Or he's going to go clean. Like, you know, he was going to be so clean that he was going to offset. And that was all in front of Avon. However, what's so crazy about Stringer Bell's perception and what he had achieved from getting from ghetto to bank to try and making the whole, the whole system clean was that Stringer Bell had no idea that he was in an institu institutional cycle all to himself and was being played at a class and political level too. So I just think it's an insane set of lines that's so concise and says a lot about how Schoolboy Q raps. Yeah, I pretty much agree on everything there. I um, You're right, the way that he delivers this, it kind of it fits so perfectly with the beat, because the beat's got this kind of back and forth rhythm to it, and then he's going back and forth with his deliverance, with his cadence. It, it just flows really nicely. I think on Genius, they've got a mistake on here. They've got uh, no fam, no meal. Uh, it's it's definitely no mail. Like he's talking about being in prison and not getting post because he ain't got family on the outside. But like the the theme of crime and money and success kind of runs through this whole track. He just sums it up really well here. Like the idea that when your source of income is illegal, every shift, as it were, every work shift is potentially bringing you closer to jail or worse. Right? I think of Eric Garner selling cigarettes illegally. And getting a death sentence, it's crazy. And then no job, no bail made me think of how if you're wealthy, you can get away with more crime. You can afford bail, you can afford expensive lawyers, etc. Like the legal system doesn't punish people equally. And again, it made me think of Eric Garner because the crime he was actually committing was essentially tax evasion because he was selling cigarettes individually without tax stamps. That was the reason the cops gave for approaching him. 
because if you sell cigarettes, they need to have certain taxes on them. So he got a death sentence for tax evasion. Right? And, and, you know, people don't usually get killed for tax evasion because it's a white-collar crime. But like I said, the legal system just doesn't punish people equally. And, yeah, I just got that from no job, no bail. <laughs> Crazy. Nuts, man. Crazy shit. Who's next? I'm up. Fuck that. I quit while I'm ahead. Ship my music off like I'm instead. Turn it up and hear the ghetto pledge. Fuck that. I quit while I'm ahead. Ship my music off like I'm instead. Turn it up and hear the ghetto pledge. This caught my attention because I've heard Lupe Fiasco mention the Armistead before on the track Wave Files, which is an incredible song, by the way. And so I knew it was a slave ship of some kind. Uh, this line just made me want to look into it in more detail. Uh, I learned that the Armistead was a Spanish-Cuban ship that was being used to transport enslaved people who had been captured in Sierra Leone and brought to the Americas. And at this point, the slave trade was already illegal in the U.S., it hadn't been abolished in the Spanish colonies. A man called Sengbe Pierre, uh, who was one of the enslaved people, managed to break out of his chains and along with his fellow captives took control of the ship and killed the captain. They tried to get the navigators to sail them back to Africa, but the navigators instead took them to the US um, where they were intercepted by a US ship. And it ended up in this big legal battle between the Spanish colonies and the United States because the Spanish colonies wanted them to return the ship and the cargo, the people, back to Cuba, but at this point, slavery is illegal in the US, so they're challenging it. Eventually, it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled that the people had been illegally captured, and so they had the right to fight for their freedom, and as such, their freedoms were restored, which is all a bit of a, a tangent when Schoolboy Q only really uses this as a pun on shipping off his music. But nonetheless, I think it's still, I think he knows it's still poignant and important to name drop stuff like this, even if it's just for a pun, because it makes people like me then read into the history and learn something because I think it's important to keep telling those stories. So yeah, I just appreciate Q for making me go learn something. Sick. It's always sick when you learn something new. Absolutely. You're up again. King Tut, Martin Luther, Malcolm X, but I'm the shooter. King Tut, Martin Luther, Malcolm X, but I'm a shooter. Another double thought here from me. I think it's so reflective of schoolboy Q here to potentially call himself out as the shooter because I think by discussing and openly admitting that, you know, leading the thug life or because he can see that by living the so-called ghetto slash thug life, he's destroying his own life and in some respects disgracing the legacies that Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X had paved to create a better life for those of colour, not just those for those that live in America, but for the whole world. So he's quite kind of calling these inspirational black male models, but saying, I'm the shooter, I'm, I'm the shooter, I'm the one that killed him. And I don't know whether he's actually intending that. It's just the way that I'm sort of inferring that is in that he's shooting himself in the own foot or he's shooting down things that he should be looking up to. Second thought, Alan, the album that this song was on is called Setbacks and was released in 2011. 2012 was when Good Kid Mad City was released and I can't help but see some connections there. People like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were so powerful in their inspiration and their ability to uplift those around them, to believe that they deserved basic things like equal rights, that they started to pose a threat to the generally racist uh, environment that they were living in, right? So much so that they got assassinated, correct? Those that thought by assassinating them they would quell the uprising of change that these two individuals were leading. 
Did the assassination of these individuals work to achieve this? Of course not. If anything, it made everything worse from the racist point of view. Why, Alan, I ask you? Because the one in front of the gun lives forever. Everybody go respect the shooter. But the one in front of the gun lives forever. The one in front of the gun forever. And I've been hustling all day. Tell me Damn. you can't <laughs> see that. And there's, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Further down the line, there's more to come. It's interesting you said that because after listening to this a few times, I had to check when it was released because I wasn't sure on just like the timeline of where was this in relation to Kendrick's discography, especially when he said something about going from pussy to a prison tale. And I thought for a second about these walls and I was like, well, is, is there, but that obviously comes a fair few years afterwards, but they obviously have similar writing styles and, and similar things that they draw on being such like close friends and, and artists. So yeah, definitely going to be influences throughout there. Mad ones, right? Who's next? Europe. Wanna do a song, but it's hard to carry on. And my daughter hungry sitting home. And my girl, she says she's feeling alone. I can tell it's over in her tone. Only time I call is for a loan. She be stressing so depressing. Always worried every time a little N-word gone. Say strong for the future. Stick together. Yeah, suture. Get a couple whips. Yeah, kunta. Wanna do a song? But it's hard to carry on And my daughter hope you're sitting home And my girl she says she feel alone I can tell it's over in the town Only time I call is for a loan She be stressed, she's depressed And always worried every time a little nigga gone Stay strong for the future Stick together, yeah, suture Get a couple whips, yeah, kunta Yes, I, I've highlighted the whole, another whole verse there, sorry <laughs> Again, I just think it's unbelievable How Schoolboy Q paints a picture so concisely here I really, you know, we talk about an economy of words and how rappers can say so much in such a short set of words. And I just think this is incredible. I think it's mental. The one that really stuck out to me, there's a few, but the one that stuck out to me was, I can tell it's over in her tone. Like, it's so interesting how there must be times when I've belled you, Alan, and you could just hear my voice where you're like, Abby, what's wrong? You know, you don't, you don't, I don't I'm not ringing you mm. going, Alan. Um, yo, I've got to tell you loads of problems, whatever. I'm just like, oh, yo, man, you're right. And you're like, Abby, you're right, bro. Like, what's up? Because you can hear it in someone's tone. And I'm just, that that experience and that feeling when you talk to someone, you know, someone's excited to tell you something or you're, you're talking to someone, someone's really, really like down in the dumps. I just, it just stuck to me. And again, his delivery sticks out so much. Then I love with a million ease on the end, stay strong for the future, stick together. Yeah, suture. Like Alan, bars, bro. Bars <laughs> holding Z and S, S and Z the other way, like literally alternatingly hitting them on the keyboard for about tw <laughs> 25 seconds, man. Using the word suture is just so unbelievable for me because between the somber delivery and the first two statements, so the first two statements being stay strong for the future, stick together, and then saying suture so quickly afterwards. It shows the uncaring nature and the harsh reality of trying to survive in such environments, both physically and mentally. Like, you could be cut or bleeding from a gun wound, or you could be cut deep within your mind, thinking about how am I, how am I going to pay for these bills? How am I going to feed my kid? How am I going to make my girl feel cared for? All these questions could be really challenging you, and the environment that you're around does not give a fuck about you. 
Like there is no time for steri-strips. There's no time for plasters. We haven't got a couple of days for your wounds to heal or your physical wounds to be healed or your mental wounds to heal. You have to quickly rise and suture that shit up. Or you're just going to quickly swept up in the cycles that have been described in the, in the bars that have been written up above and head straight to jail. So it's the fact that he uses suture. It's not the fact that, hey, look, let's put a cold compress on this. Let's put a plaster on it. Let's, let's nurture your wounds so that you're stronger for the future. It's like, we ain't got time for this shit. Stitch that shit back up together. Do it quick. And I don't care. I don't need no anesthetic or nothing because I need to survive. I think it's unbelievable, bro. I really do think it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I almost highlighted that myself because I, I just enjoyed that, that play on words so much. I got one more thing to add. Sorry. Go for it. Also, get a couple of whips. Yeah, Kunta. In Rap Genius, a reference to the classic Roots movie where Akunta Kente was an S-word and he got whipped as most S-words did. This is a pun where he, the words whips has two meanings. One whips as in whips on S-words, back, and two whips as in cars. But Alan, in TPAB, there is a song called King Kunta and at 30 seconds into the track, Kendrick is dancing in front of two whips on a track called King Kunta. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody want to cut the legs off When you got the yams, what's the yams? Tell me that's not coincidence, bro. <laughs> this is another reason why I had to go and check when the song was released. Because I was like, are there T-Pab references throughout this song? No, Apparently not, unless, unless uh, Schoolboy is like a fortune teller, I can see the future. But I think, yeah, like I said, they obviously have similar influences. Facts, bro. Who's next? You're up again. Say the money be the root of evil. Look around you and see what it do to people. Veins full of heroin using PCP inject the body with a needle. Say the money be the root of evil. Look around, see what it do to people. Veins full of heroin uses PCP inject their body with a needle. Snapped you on the first part of that. Just to go back to my whole connection with Good Kid Mad City, do you know what PCP is, Alan? A uh, drug of some kind. <laughs> it's the formulaic name for angel dust. Mm. And I refer okay. And I refer back to the lines in the tune that we broke down, I don't know when, early in our first season, uh, first year at least. Mad City. Probably go to the projects. I live inside the belly of the rough. Compton, USA, made me an angel on angel dust. Inside the belly had the rust. Compton, USA, made me an angel on angel dust. <laughs> Tell me we're not making connections here, bro. <laughs> like, mental, right? And then the other thing I wanted to say was, doesn't this, this set of lines as well remind you of Bubbles too? You know, um, oh, just yeah. shooting up, shooting up, shooting up. It's, it's nuts, man. Unbelievable. Oh, I just think it's an unbelievable track. It really made me think of The Wire and relive The Wire in many ways. And it just really made me reflect a lot. Yeah, 100%. I snapped you on just the first part of that, so I skipped out the PCP bit about the money being the root of all evil. I don't know if I think that money is the root of all evil, which might be a surprise to some people because I have obvious like socialist tendencies. But I don't think there is like any root of evil that is external to us. Like I've said before, that I think good and evil are inside of us. Like one thing we are is malleable and, and we can change and adapt for better or worse. So if you build a society where your very survival is dependent on money, on like getting money, 
where the quality of your life is kind of directly related to how much money you have, then of course people would do whatever it takes to get that money. There's this Aesop Brock line where he says, uh, we're just animals, we go where the most food is. It's kind of true, you know, if a resource like food becomes scarce, people are more likely to turn on each other. And that's why I don't think it's a great idea to build like a society and an economy around just competition. Like if, if you just force people to compete with each other, like for jobs, for market shares, for a house, it has the potential, to, I think, to bring out the worst in people because the, the reward for being ruthless in that kind of society is, is pretty high. So, yeah, I'm not sure if money is the problem, but like how it's used, how it's shared or how it's not shared and how we just kind of arrange things around competition instead of collaboration. Facts, man. I'll always I'll back you on everything that you said there. I've always maintained I don't think money is the root of all evil. I think it is the pursuit of it at the expense of anything and others is evil. And it's the intention behind it as opposed to anything else. And you can say that, you can apply that to anything, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Facts. Who's next, bro? I'm up. Q, I want to see you do your thing. Entertainment business, live in limelight. Q, I want to see you do your thing. Entertainment business, live in limelight. Just a short one here. I, I said just now about how we're encouraged to compete all the time. But that doesn't stop people from looking out for their close ones. And, and I love this line because it's great to see uh, like friendships that are built on like supporting each other and like cel- celebrating each other's work, not on some kind of competition. I, I don't like the feeling that I'm competing with my friends or, or my peers. Like, like I need to outdo them. You know, there's a limited amount of success out there. So I should feel bad when somebody else gets some. It's not like that, you know, it's not a zero-sum game. Success is infinite, and you should want all your people to do their best. I saw an interview with someone recently who was, who was uh, diagnosed with, like, narcissist disorder or whatever, so, like, an official narcissist, and he was saying that I can't have friends because I just see them as leverage, or I just see how I can use them, what they can do for me, or how I can do better than them. And that's an extreme example, but you do sometimes get this dynamic with people where you feel like they're competing with you or measuring themselves against you in some way it's a very individualistic way of of like interacting with people and i don't think it makes for good relationships so i'm i'm glad kendrick is is happy to see his boy succeed in this way absolute facts man i kind of follow on from you i'm pretty sure i'm next yep it's evident that you're intelligent but you can't escape that life and for you my n-word i would sacrifice myself to make it just to see you hold the mic and hit the stage and rock the set but it's hard to change when you're from the set won't you think about it n-word life or death life of a cracker i'd like to hang you by the neck do you want to see the boys in jet or you want to see the runway jets then they have a business everything you intelligent but you can't escape that life never you my nigga i would sacrifice myself to make it just to see you hold the mic and hit the stage and rock the set but it's hard to change when you from the set won't you think about that nigga life or death life a cracker like to hang it by the neck do you want to see the boys in jet or you want to see them runway jets very similar to you alan it's so hard when you hear or know of stories where good smart intelligent people you know just lose their way and it's so beautiful to hear Kendrick saying, I would do anything, I'd even give up myself to see you, schoolboy Q, switch that life up, get out of the game and get into the rap game, you know, because he believes in him so much. Won't you think about a N-word, life or death, life of a cracker, I'd like to hang you by the neck. 
do you remember the scenes in the wire where Bubbles and his mate they they kind of shoot up, but at the same time as shooting up, they 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 do that asphyxiation thing. They they kind of they choke themselves at the same time, and also the the whole thing around when it wasn't Avon Barksdale. What was the other guys? What was the other Barksdale that Stringer got murked? He done the dirty on him. A D D yeah again got got murdered by pretending it was asphyxiation right i always just think that's one of the weirdest things ever but life of a cracker like to hang you by the neck i just think it's so clever that 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 is a very very clever line because you see people shoot up and they try to hang themselves not kill themselves but sort of that asphyxiation asphyxiation thing which i just think is really weird but so niche so unique and so visual so i thought that line was unbelievable do you want to see the boys and jet or do you want to see them runway jets? And then again, I've created a new dilemma, Alan, right? Or a, a new fork in the road statement, which is the Avon Marlowe slash Stringer Bell dilemma, which is, do you want to see the boys and jet or do you want to see them runway jets? And it's a case of Avon and Marlowe have everything. They've got respect, power, you name it, they've got it, but they've got it in a criminal way and in a criminal environment. When given the option to get everything that they have, money, power, respect, but in a non-criminal way, they choose to stick to the criminal way. And Stringer was built slightly differently. He was like, I don't mind coming up through the ranks. I don't mind playing the game and being part of the game, but I want to get out and be clean about it afterwards. And I just think it's it's such a it's such a dilemma that I've seen in a number of people in a number of different situations where it's like, surely you'd want to live in a private jet. Why would you not? Why would you not want to live that high life? Why would you not want to experience that? But actually, because you just don't know it or you fear it or you just think that that is really, really counterintuitive to your identity, you don't want it. And it, it's just mad. It's interesting because out of those three, it's, it's Stringer that ends up getting it right. He, he spoiler alert, gets get killed. He, he he tries to to kind of play above his level almost. Like Marlowe and 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 Avon are like, I just want my corners. And in a sense, Stringer like almost steps out of his line and he tries to step into a different type of white collar crime, and and he gets played, and then ends up obviously at the at the bad end of a shotgun so yeah it's it's really interesting man we can talk about that 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 particular <laughs> this is going to turn into the wire <laughs> podcast isn't it? <laughs> no we're not but i'm just saying uh, you could talk about that dilemma those angles the 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 mindsets you could talk about those stuff for hours if you really want to man it's unbelievable shit who's next bro you're up again please don't let her grow up life without a father look at what you bought her money couldn't buy all she needs is love. Put that shit aside. At the same time, know they got to eat. Know you got to hustle, make ends meet. Got to make time. Got to get a grind. Got to push the line. HGC. No AC. Got the block hot. You keep running. Cops say freeze. Blue pill. Red pill. Choose now. 
birds of the bee. My nigga, won't you tell Michelle I love your daughter? Please don't let her grow up life without a father. Look at what you bought. Her money couldn't buy. All she needs is love. Put the shit aside. At the same time, no, they gotta eat. No, you gotta hustle. Make ends meet. Gotta make time. Gotta get a grind. Gotta push the line. HGC, no AC. Got the black hat. You keep running. Cops say freeze. Blue pill, red pill. Choose now, birds or the bees. Parenthood is such a balancing act, right? <laughs> and I ain't even a parent. But you're just saying that because you can hear my kids screaming in the background. <laughs> I, can hear Mary, I can hear little Mary screaming in the background. I, I don't think it can be said any better than how Kendrick has put it here. Like, you know that the best thing for your children will always be your time, your attention, your love, your care, and your nurture. But at the same time, you have to, in a capitalistic environment, earn money to make sure that they have the best opportunity in life there's there's no denying that there's no denial of the fact that you want to give your children all the opportunities that you could possibly give them and unfortunately in a capitalistic society you need money for that there there is absolutely no denial of that fact so when you think about that the most beneficial thing is your time, your t- love, your care and attention. But also another beneficial thing is financial gain. And financial gain doesn't actually complement you spending time with your children. It's fucking complicated, right? And I just think it's an incredibly difficult balancing act. And I just want to say shout out to all the parents, especially my new boy parent, Alan over here, and Mary, <laughs> Um, because I, I only get a feel for how tough it is. I'm obviously not a parent myself, but I just think it ain't easy, man. It's, it's I, in some respects, I don't hate to say it, I think it's only going to get harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, a, uh, on a second note, I just thought, got the block hot. You keep running, cops say freeze. Oh, it's just so good, isn't it? Like the, the, bo- the block's on fire right now. The, there's a lot of heat around here. But actually, when you get caught by the cops, they say freeze. It's such, it's so good. It's so good. The, 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 the contradiction between hot and cold, but actually the words actually metaphorically about what they do in terms of action too is unbelievable. And then blue pill, red pill, choose now, birds of the bees. It's like, it's so clever because as much as the birds of bees around like sex talk and trying to explain about what, you know, sex is for kids that are younger to try and make them understand birds and bees are also used as a statement for the these are the facts of life it's just a fact of life it's just a fact of life and it's so clever that they're saying choose now birds of the bees it's like pick your poison it's the same it don't matter which you pick you're you're fucked either way and i just think that's unbelievable i think it's so clever bro i really do when you said uh pick your poison there was that a deliberate kendrick quote no, it wasn't. Shit. Halle Berry, hallelujah. No, you know what? It's, um, yeah, that, that red pill, blue pill thing is, and the birds and the bees, like you said, it's a metaphor for like sex and all that stuff. But it, like in this song, they're using it as a metaphor, I think, just for picking a life of crime or not. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, he says earlier in the song, drug dealers get a job. And he's talking about, like, which way are you going to go? Are you going to do it legit or are you not? And choose now. It's so clever. I actually snapped you on 
part of this. Look at what you bought her. Money couldn't buy. We talked earlier as the saying, money is the root of all evil. And the other saying that people always repeat about money is that it can't buy happiness. And then whilst obviously not all rich people are happy and not all happy people are rich, in a world where quality of life is directly linked to income, like I said before, money can absolutely buy happiness. It can buy you a home and an education. It can buy you healthcare if you live in one of those peculiar countries that doesn't have universal healthcare. It can buy you good food. It can buy you holidays, you know. But most of all, which I think you kind of pointed out, it buys you time. That's time with your children and all of those kinds of things. You know, if you don't have to sell your time in order to put food on the table, then the opportunities just start opening up, whether it's for learning, for growing, spending time with your kids, just quiet contemplation. Like just being able to sit and do nothing is a luxury that money can buy. So yeah, while there are obviously things that are more important and valuable, money makes a big difference. And, and Kendrick sums it up perfectly here because he's like, at the same time, I know you've got to eat. And he gets it perfectly that there's two sides of that coin. It's classic Kendrick. Absolute fire. Nothing but love to Schoolboy Q. Nothing but love to all of Schoolboy Q's fans. Nothing but love to Kendrick Lamar. Nothing but love to all the Kendrick Lamar fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL listeners out there. Nothing but love to you, Alan. One. Peace.